0: Welcome back, everybody, to the greatest music NFT podcast show. I am your host, Beaks Vibe, and this is your number one source for all things Web3 music and music NFTs. And we are back talking about everyone's favorite topic, creator royalties. And I didn't want to have to do it, I really didn't. I can't believe we're back here so soon talking about creator royalties once again. But for anyone that's been paying attention to kind of the crypto news this past week, there has been some big headlines relating to creator royalties getting screwed and pinched once again by some of our greatest centralized marketplaces. And this week, none other than the one, the only OpenSea now joining some of the other marketplaces in cutting creator royalties down to as little as 0.5% minimum creator royalties and so in this episode this week we're gonna get into what does this mean and really you know something I kind of want to present to everybody is taking a step back and kind of remembering where we are and wanting and why we want all of this decentralization stuff and what is it really all about. So, before we get to that, quickly, just to kind of break down the headline a bit further. As of 12 months ago, you know, OpenSea was really the end-all, be-all when it came to NFT marketplaces. They had over a 75% share of all trading volume when it came to NFTs in marketplaces. So, I mean, they were by far the biggest uh, leader in the category when it came to that. However, today... They are down to only retaining fifteen percent market share in all of NFT trading volume, and what's happened? You know, we've talked about this. You know, we've already dedicated two episodes uh, to creator royalties and kind of giving my spiel on what it's all about and what does it all mean. But the long and short of it is, these marketplaces are living and dying based off of a single metric, which is trading volume, and who does trading volume entertain or pander to it's to like the it's the day traders it's the speculators it's the investors of crypto and so certain marketplaces took a hard stance on cutting creative royalties and what did this mean and you know when we talk about royalties you know everyone You know, there are a couple different royalties, right? So there are the kind of intellectual property rights that, you know, coming from the music industry, we think of royalties, right? So like mechanical royalties and things of that nature when songs are streamed or songs are purchased. But but there are also in the NFT world creator royalties. So there are kind of perpetual royalties as the NFTs are sold. And these are new innovations, not innovations, but new iterations of royalties and mechanics of royalties because you know, this is early days of the technology and some of the kind of built-in embedded guardrails of such things like perpetual royalties aren't quite there with the NFTs. And so what marketplaces did was they were accommodating to the creators, the people that even, you know, why marketplaces exist in the first place, right? It's because creators are making NFT projects that then get Minted, bought, sold, traded, you know, and, and the story goes on. And for the hard work of the artist, you know, they got to enforce a, a royalty that they wanted. And the marketplace would give them kind of general or gracious, you know, between 2% and, you know, 20% or whatever, between 0% and 40%, 50%, 100%, kind of up to the, leaving it up to the creator, as I believe it should be, which is saying, you know, you determine on the secondary market, once it's kind of bought for the the initial purchase, obviously all the money goes to the creator. And then whoever bought that NFT can then choose to sell it, right? So then when they sell it, every time the NFT then goes and gets sold and resold, the artist or the original creator gets a percentage or a creator royalty based off of that. And it's a way to kind of keep a perpetual income stream coming in so that the creator can, you know, hopefully evolve the project, continue creating the project, you know, and things like that. So what's happened is that this week, OpenSea, which, you know, within recent months was kind of staunchly standing behind creators. In fact, I'm going to read you a quote here. So shout out to at musicben underscore eth on Twitter. I'm following some of his blog covering this story. And two months ago, he interviewed an OpenSea VP of product. And the quote that the VP of product from OpenSea gave him was this. Honestly, the idea of getting rid of creative royalties made no sense. End quote. And this was very much in line with publicly where OpenSea stood with the whole kind of public debate and discourse Of this conversation, which is why we dedicated two full episodes to this topic already. Well, just this week, they've turned, they've done an about face, they've uh, turned their back on their own word and have now decided to slash creator royalties, or what's also known as make it optional to include creator royalties. And as we know, traders would not like to have to spend more money when purchasing, or you know, not make as much money when selling. And so, most often, uh, the option is not enforced or utilized. So, for them, kind of going back on the word has really been a knife in the gut to uh, NFT creators once again. And so, why does this make such a big deal? Well, let's take a step back and remember kind of the idea of why we all want decentralization. Just to kind of make a long story short... There's distrust within centralized entities, right? You know, starting from the 2008 financial and housing crisis, a lot of the world kind of realized that the leading lenders and banks and kind of the biggest institutional players were misallocating customer funds, and and so much so that it was, you know, it led to a global recession, and it really led to the bad taste in everyone's mouth, where it said, well, we can't even trust these people with our money because they obviously do bad things. So the push for a long time has been decentralization, meaning self-sovereignty, meaning we will take care of our own goods and services because we don't trust the centralized entities and institutional players that were doing it for us. The problem, however, is that it's never just that easy to go from a centralized world to a decentralized world. The biggest problem in decentralization is the lacking of quality of life and ease of use of services and access and tools and resources. At the end of the day, self-sovereignty is hard. It's difficult taking care of your own stuff. I mean, you've even seen things that happened with, you know, password savers, right? If you wanted to be self-sovereign of your own passwords, what would that mean? Well, it would mean never using any type of password saver. It would mean only always making sure you have your own ability to remember, you know, multiple passwords or whatever it may be that you use and to never have to, you know, need any any other service or tool provided by another entity because that entity always has the potential to go out of business, to misuse, uh, you know, private data or to sell private, you know, your private data to a third party and, and all these kind of things. right? But the, the reason I use this example is because there's an obvious quality of life improvement to a centralized service that is a password saver. You know, because how many times do people forget passwords or they use multiple passwords? So here's this one-stop shop, this kind of end-all, be-all thing where you can kind of use all your accounts with all your passwords and this one thing will kind of take care of it and it eases such a quality of life improvement for you so you never have to remember something. You don't have to be self-sovereign because you can rely on this third-party resource to help you. So it comes with pros and cons, right? And when we kind of read, when we relate What does it mean to be self-sovereign and totally decentralized when it comes to NFTs? Well, it really starts, you know, then every NFT creator or artist has to know how to program and script their own NFT. And if that's the world that we all want to live in in down the road in the future, yes, that will be a decentralized world. Yes, that'll be a self-sovereign world, but it won't be an easy one. Right, There won't be any quality of life because a decentralized world doesn't really allow it, at least for the time being. In marketplaces, it is another obvious one, right? I mean, people want to be able to trade and sell and buy. And if you had to go to individual channels or outposts each time for each project or each one-on-one artist, that makes it really difficult to be able to browse or have any kind of ease of purchasing behavior, Right from kind of just a consumer behavior, economics, you know, user interface, right kind of kind of connecting all these things into what is that experience at the end of the day. So you have kind of marketplaces are kind of the first to prop up of these centralized beings, these entities where it's like, hey, we'll be a one-stop shop. We aren't a publisher of any intellectual property, but we'll be a distributor of intellectual property, right? Kind of like they don't create the magazines, but they be- they are the newsstand that you- then sells the magazines so that the public is aware of what's available and can come make their purchases. The problem, though, <laughs> with centralized entities is they have their own terms of service, and when they can go back and forth on what they you know, believe is right or wrong, this is it once again where the creators always get the short end of the stick because they're the ones that have to bear and deal with the, the circumstances, the consequences. So it's a tough little situation. And that's why this kind of brings us back to the topic, because as creators, you know, you have to think, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to accept? What do we want to live with? What do we want to put up with? Now of course OpenSea allows creator royalties to be enforceable. However, there's a huge caveat. And that caveat is it's your NFT is essentially blacklisted on every other marketplace if you are able to enforce those creator royalties. And that's because OpenSea can kind of script something in your NFT when you mint or launch on OpenSea or trade sell on OpenSea where That NFT is not allowed to be sellable on any of these marketplaces. And this is OpenSea's way of trying to kind of control and keep within their bounds this trading volume that's so precious to them, which they've been losing a lot of over the past 12 months. And so now they've done the dirty deed, right? In In the name of trying to bring back an interest creator royalties and this type of trading volume, the speculative day trading volume, which is really kind of of no use, you know, to the NFT market in a greater whole, but to OpenSea, it's kind of their lifeblood as a business because they get a little piece of that royalty, even though there's, you know, 0% creator royalties. Believe me, OpenSea makes some money when when, uh, NFTs are purchased and sold off their marketplace. And that's why it matters to them. So it's very unfortunate what's going on. And, you know, as we talked about in part two of creator royalties on this podcast, you know, NFTs have to become, or royalties on NFTs have to be enforceable at the contract level, right? I mean, the fact that it's up to a marketplace to make these kinds of terms of service and these hard and fast decisions where creators just have to deal with it. There's nothing they can really do. They can either opt in or opt out, right? I mean, it's... That's simply what you can do. And so it's unfortunate because it makes it just really difficult to be omnipresent as a creator, meaning it's hard to be kind of multi-chain. You know, once upon a time, you would think that OpenSea could be open to all ecosystems, to all cryptocurrencies, to all platforms. But now everything has gotten a lot more territorial because marketplaces don't want to share their customers. They don't want to share their trading volume. And so because they're in this kind of aggressive war of trading volume, which in my opinion, it shouldn't even really be the main metric that these marketplaces are having to go off of to deem what's, you know, success for their companies. But that's where we are. So just wanted to touch on this episode. And, you know, it's been kind of all about the news. OpenSea, who is trying to stand, I think, by artists and creators and do the right thing, have gone back in their word because at the end of the day losing market share is uh in no one's best interest so they're down creators are down everyone's taking losses uh and that's where we are so we're going to come back at it next week with a couple new topics we're going to always stay up to date with what's going on in the news you know you can always follow and keep up to date with everything that's going on in this podcast on twitter at Pod. Of course you know that's short for the greatest music nft podcast show i am your host beaks vibe and this is your number one source for all things music nfts and web3 music i think i flip flop those two sayings every other episode and that's perfectly okay with me and so we will see you all next week same time same place we will see you right here see you then